We are a global network of value-centered professionals and entrepreneurs supplying information, resources, and strategic relationships to keep ahead in our world. We seek to influence the emergence of a new generation of leaders to become aces in their different fields of endeavor. We mentor, train, and network people with shared values and aspirations. We are Ace Foundation, connecting people of like minds all around the world. World peace and the crashes of nations. Let's look at Psalm 92 verse 7, and we'll look at a few more scriptures afterwards. Psalm 92 verse 7. What does it say? When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. Look at Galatians 4 verse 1 and 2. Afterwards, we'll look at Matthew 21. Now I say that the heir as long as he's a child, differed nothing from his servant, though he be lord of all. But is under tutors and governors until the time appointed by the Father. Another scripture of Matthew 21, 21 verse 35 to 39. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one, and killed another, and they stoned another. Again he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and they cast him out of the vineyard. And they slew him. Two more scriptures. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 7. I have seen servants. Maybe we should start from verse um, 5. 5 to 7. There's an evil which I have seen under the sun. As an error which proceeded from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity and the rich sit in low places. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. Finally, Psalm 91 verse 1 and 2. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I trust. Now for all of time and eternity, there's been a war. A war that began even before man came on the scene. A war that started, a war that started in the heavens. I'm going to show you why in the first place Satan rebelled against God. Because you no, know, we're all here praying that um, Buhari would provide the governance, the good governance that PDP failed to provide Nigerians. And um, I'll tell you one thing. Even if, it is, even if he governs well, even if he means well and he governs well, there still will be people who would want to. I mean, when he was military head of state with Tunde Diabon, I don't know how many of you were born by then. None of you was born then, I'm sure. <laughs> when he was military head of state, to all intents and purposes, he was doing well. I think he was governing well. That was when he had war against indiscipline, and Nigerians were being fixed the way they should be fixed. 
and then suddenly IBB took him off. And it just, just lets you know that even if the Lord Jesus were to become the president of Nigeria, there will be people who will be planning to overthrow him. Are you following what I'm saying? Because there couldn't have been a better government than the one that God was overseeing from the heavens. Yet the devil was able to convince a third of the angels. Think about it. In other words, if Nigeria has 200 million people, uh, or 180 million, that's what we are told, was able to convince 60 million people to overthrow the sitting president. That's what happened in heaven. Now, what did he feed them? What was the story he told them? For us, we know that it was greed and avarice and pride that was driving Satan. But what was it that he passed on to the angels that made them come behind him? It couldn't have been the same pride. Let us all be proud. Let us be arrogant. So what was the story the devil told these angels that made them decide to dethrone a sitting God, the king of the universe, and take over his reign? And what kind of governance were they planning to govern? I'm going to show you the mystery behind that rebellion. The lie that the devil sold to the angels that they bought into and they came behind them. Now look at David. King David, great man. A man after God's own heart. Who had an endorsement from God. I mean, the whole of Israel knew that the hand of God was on this man. They knew his story. They knew his rise. They knew everything about him. And yet his son went out and sold to the elders. That it's time to remove this man from office. And they bought into it. And they got him off his throne. A righteous leader. Under David, Israel experienced its largest expansion in all of his history. The borders of Israel stretched from its present place to Egypt, to Saudi Arabia. David was the emperor of the Middle East. And there was so much prosperity in the land. So much, everything, such an established and then... The son from his throne went and told the people, this man, let's remove him from office. What, why do men support rebellion? And when I say rebellion, I don't mean rebellion against the wicked. If you are trying to remove a, an Adolf Hitler or remove an Idi Amin or an evil king or an evil president, it's understandable. But why do people rebel against righteous men? It will help you understand the reason why People don't sell, not everybody celebrates and rejoices and is happy when you, a righteous man, prospers. You know, you would always think this man is a good man. I mean, when Jonathan came on the line, I hope you guys knew people were happy. People felt, well, this is a guy who means well. A man who started his life without sandals on his feet. And that, all that story, you know, got to the hearts of Nigerians. And you would have thought everybody would have just sat down and let him walk. That wasn't to be. That also lets you know that when you, when God begins to lift you up, as I see him beginning to do, when he begins to lift you up and to place you in a place of influence over men and women, there's not going to be the roller coaster ride all through. As a matter of fact, that's when you're going to find your real enemies of your destiny show up. People who will fight you and conspire against you on a day-to-day -day basis. So why do people revolt against righteous men? If you understand it, you will now understand the reason why people are being beheaded in the Middle East. 
What is this hatred for Christianity that is causing people to pursue extreme causes? Take a bunch of Christians. There were a few of them that got in Egypt. Take about 21 of them. Put orange vests upon them. Line them up in the river. Cut their necks off. Why, why that extreme? What is, what is driving this extreme hatred for good? When the reverse should have been the case. I'll explain all that to you. When God created the seed, the seed is if God's creation were to be called an invention, the seed would be called God's greatest invention. Because constituted in the seed are all the properties the seed needs to survive. Everything the seed needs to become its wildest dream is buried within that seed. That small pebble of rice, that small bean seed, that small egusi seed, buried inside that tiny little thing you're saying, is all that it needs to express its fullest potential, become a tree. It doesn't need anything else outside. Everything it needs to become all it wants to be is buried inside that little seed. For me, it is God's greatest invention. But long before God created the seed, he created the weed. And I'll explain why. When God created the seed, he also created the weed. Why did he create the weed at the point of creating the seed? Because God realized that the owner of the land decides, sets up, decides one day, wakes up and says, I'm going to use this land to raise a, farm, um, a rice plantation. Or he decides, I'm going to grow yam. Or decides, I'm going to grow a plantain plantation. But long before the owner of the land decides what use to deploy the land for, the land remains bare and uncultivated for God knows how long. So in order to protect the land, to protect the nutrients in the soil, to protect the things in the soil that the seed needs in order to develop well, God created the weed. What the weed does is that it sprouts quickly and covers the face of the land to protect those properties in the land that the seed connects to in order to develop properly. That's the destiny of the weed. That's the purpose of the weed. The owner of the land doesn't uproot weed. As a matter of fact, he allows people actually even plant weed when they buy land and they leave it like that. Some of those weeds grow up and become heavy bushes. The owner doesn't bother. The reason is, I'd rather have an empty piece of land that is covered by bush. That bush becomes like a habitation for the land. Temporarily, until the day I decide to use it as a farmland, or to use it, or to build a house, or use it for any purpose whatsoever. So I need that weed. I need that bush there to constitute some kind of occupation. So nobody just passes by and says, ah, empty land. Now, wow, it's so wide, it's so big, and then he goes to possess it. So that weed becomes its temporary occupant until the owner of the land decides what to do with it. Is somebody following me tonight? I'm going somewhere. Now look at what happens. How the weed goes in there and begins to grow and spreads quickly. Spreads very quickly, covers the face of that land, and then begins to have children, 
And sometimes the, it, it could happen for many years, sometimes for many weeks, sometimes for many months, sometimes it lasts for a lifetime. But it just stays there. So the weed over time begins to assume that this is my natural habitat. This land belongs to me. And then suddenly one day, the owner of the land decides, I want to plant tomatoes. So he lands on the farmland with the tomato seed. From the day the seed arrives, the destiny of the weed expires. Are you following what I'm saying? You don't, the seed does not contest for soil with the weed. So before he plants his first seed, he expires the weed. He uproots it to create space for the seed to thrive. Is that what happens? So the weed understands that the only thing that can sabotage his future is the arrival of the seed. So whenever he sees the seed, he comes out revolting because he knows his end has come. Now let me, let me reverse now, come back to where I started. So you now understand the reason why Christians are hated as much as they are. You know the reason why? Because they are the seed, God's seed. They are the heirs to the land. They are the, they are the ones who are meant to possess the earth. The earth belongs to you and I. We are sons of God, God's seed. And the servants who are temporarily custodians of the wealth of the world know that this wealth will cease to be theirs the moment the sons arrive. So whenever the sons are seen, did you see the scripture we read in Matthew 25? The man sent his servants. They killed some, they beat some, they stoned some. So the owner of the land said, okay, let me send my son. So he sends his son. When they see the son, they say, ah, the seed has come. The heir apparent. So the problem, why Christians are hated, is not because of anything you've done wrong or because of how you look or don't look. The issue is inheritance. It's inheritance. And you cannot blame the weed for hating the seed because the seed determines the fate of the weed. Is somebody following me? So what was the lie that Satan sold to the angels? Dear friend, thank you for listening to today's message. Your life can be very chaotic and sometimes you simply want to give up hope. Want to assure you that God loves you and cares a lot about you. Put your hands on your chest and pray for you. Lord, I ask that this listener, my friend, will experience a turnaround. His life, his finances, his family, her hopes and dreams, cause the change she desires to come through quicker than he or she expected. I give you praise for this miracle. In the name of Jesus. The Ace Graduate School is Nigeria's premier human resource refinery, wheezing from the East as a solution to the endless search of employers and job seekers. The AGS offers to the employer high-value driven and principle-centered staff and dream jobs to the unemployed. Connect, learn, discover, become the change you wish for. Visit www.acegraduateschool.com and get enrolled today. For further inquiries, call 0816-262-8472. Thank you.